You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. It's a special guest, actually. His name is Grant Cardone, the one and only. Yes, you've probably seen him all over social media and almost every channel. He's the CEO of Cardone Capital. He's written eight books. He's got 13 best-selling business programs. He runs 17 different businesses in the Miami area. You know, Forbes calls him the number one social media influencer in the world. He's the founder of the 10X movement, which is one of the things that I know him best for. And he's been seen on Fox news, CNBC, CNN, and all over the media. So, hey, welcome to the show, Grant. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me and thank you for what you're doing. It's really, really important, particularly at this time as we go through all this uncertainty. The guy going B2B, it's like that person will determine whether or not the, how fast the household recovers and how fast the entire American economy will recover. Yeah, I think everybody's just anticipating, can't quite anticipate what's going on. They can't wait to hear what's happening with all the stimulus money. Is it going to be four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks? So there's a lot of uncertainty, but I really appreciate you being here. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. But today, I just wanted to do a little bit of a dive into you, right? A little bit talking about you and your businesses. I didn't have any real specific agenda. If you have something special you want to talk about, I know you've got all kinds of programs and things coming up. We could obviously talk about that. But when friends of mine knew that I was interviewing on the podcast today, I had a couple of people that I said, hey, ask me a question you want to ask Grant. So I figured I'd start out with that, just asking a couple of questions from the audience, get them involved, and, yeah, then, and then we can pick it up from there. Good. I love All that. right. So a good buddy of mine who you may or may not know, his name is David Breyer. He's the author of, yeah. you know, of, oh, he's going to kill me for forgetting about his book. The marketing. He's branding, the, mar- the branding book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's good guy. Me. I love David. Awesome. Yeah, good. good dude. I talk to him all the time. Hey, my apologies go out to my good friend, David Breyer. The book title is called Brand Intervention, 33 Steps to Transform the Brand You Have into the Brand You Need. Now back to the show. So he asked a question, which was really interesting, and that's obviously around branding, and I'd love to get your perspective on it. What's a new metric or some metrics that you use to measure or monitor your brand? Like a metric, something that you look at to determine your brand or you know, your brand strength? Because you've yeah. built such an incredible personal brand. I mean, there's got to be something that you really look at. Yeah, thank you so for the, you know, well done. But one thing that I do look at, there's an interesting metric that is, it's not something that people want, but it is extremely valuable, is how many people are using your name to clickbait, okay? This is a reverse form of PR and typically not wanted. People want to avoid this, but I actually think that haters and scumbags and people that are like, you know, the, what, what is it at the bottom? Bottom, the bottom feeders. Is, the bottom feeders, you know, they're basically a bit carnivorous. They don't really cause much damage. They, they're like dragonflies, you know, except without the kill rate. Yeah, yeah. So 
they tend to use personalities, people that are building brands, people that have built brands. They try to suck into that vortex. It doesn't really ever work for them, but it always, always works for the person they're trying to pull down because they almost never do. And what happens in reverse is they actually push the brand up. Some guy sent me something the other day about somebody saying something about me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm tempted to share it. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, you would never want to share this video. I'm like, I'm tempted to, because I know, I know that as long as he's pushing my name, I will get more out of it than he will. Yeah, I would probably categorize them as leeches, right? That'd be probably a good leech. Leeches, you know, and they don't really suck the blood. There's not really any proof that they suck the blood out of anybody or. But they try. But what they do is they they try to get, they're basically getting in the vicinity of a glow. Uh, My friend Damon John talks about the glow that he picked up from Shark Tank. You get in the vicinity of glow, but they're still cast a shadow on you, right? It's not anybody legitimate is going to understand what they're doing. Everybody understands what clickbaiting is. And it typically works with the wrong audience. So the people that are commenting are not really my audience. They're never going to buy from me. They just become more noise in the wake of this aircraft carrier. If you've ever seen the aircraft carrier going through the water at night, it kicks up this green I don't know exactly. It's like an what. algae or something, almost like an yeah, algae. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, you actually see that at night and it's left in the, the tracks of this. I remember, I think it was Tylenol that was taken off of every shelf in America. Yeah, they had a big recall, right? Yeah. It's the number one selling, you know, headache medicine in the world today. People forget. Yeah. I think Donald Trump knows this better than anyone is that, hey, whatever, say whatever you want about me. Just please talk about me. Love me or hate me. Love me or hate me. Please just talk about me. Yeah, I love that. That's a really interesting perspective. People that are using your name and content as clickbaits to try to perpetuate their own brand when in reality, they're elevating yours. So it's all good. Yeah. I mean, you don't see successful people doing that. No. I'm not using somebody else's name. Now, I'll hire Floyd Mayweather to work for me or Kevin Hart and say, Kevin, come do this gig with me at the 10X Growth Conference. I'll hire someone to draft, to work with, to partner, to collaborate, to do things with. So that's why we do that 10X Growth Conference. The, the people that we bring to that, I bring there two things. One, I want to learn from them. And two, I, I want to join their audience. And that is, that's pay for play. That's me connecting with people using currency or something I have to offer Kev, Mr. Hart or John Travolta or the likes, but to get a lift. I mean, at our last growth conference, Dana White calls Friday, can I come to your deal? Yeah, of you course know, you can. I didn't know Dana before then, but Dana saw how many people were coming to my thing. I get a phone call Sunday from Mike Tyson. Hey, 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 can I come out? Can I, can I come see it? So, of course you can, right? So, again, that's different than clickbaiting with the intention to drag down. You know, my uncle used to tell me, Grant, never piss into the wind. Yeah, that's always sound advice. You know, it's just not, you don't piss going up because it's going to come back on you and any intelligent person is going to know wait a minute, what's this guy trying to pull this other guy down for? Yeah. Successful. Warren Buffett doesn't condemn anyone. No. And brand is a big part of what he does. Obviously he invests in brands. That's what he does. And brand is everything to him. Geico and all these other brands that he's invested in. It's, it's, it's all about brand for him. So awesome. Well, listen, I appreciate the answer to that. Let me ask you one more audience question. This is from a friend of mine, Jeremy Ryan Slate from Command Your Brand. He asked something a little bit more tactical and it's in and around the fact that you've grown big teams and variety of different companies. What do you look for when hiring a staff member? 
what traits, what types of things do you really look for? What do you think are important? Well, I don't actually hire people here, so it's not me that makes that decision. But the things that I would look for is willingness and compliance before intelligence. Willingness so look, and compliance. Okay. Yeah. I look for, Hey, I'm willing. I'm, I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to work with you. I want to work with your company. I want to be associated with you. I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about my vacation. I'm not worried about the benefits. I want to work here. I'm just giving you examples of what willingness would be. Also, I would use this. I would use this in a sales call. I want your business. I expect to get your business. I want your business regardless of what we can negotiate here, or what the terms are. I want your, I want you as a client. So what I'm looking for when somebody wants to work with me is willingness. Number two, compliance. I'm not always looking for the leader. You know, I hear a lot of people come in here, man, I, I'm a great leader and I'm a great this. And I'm, dude, I, I'm looking for somebody that can follow. So I'm looking for somebody who can be part of a team and make us better. I'm not looking to fix everything. So when I get the phone call, hey man, you got this problem and that problem and I can fix this and that. I'm not, I know I got problems here. Yeah, we all got problems. <laughs> Look, I got 150 employees here. I got another 350 in the real estate. I got 8,000 families depend on me, 3,200 investors. I'm going to do 50 cities this year. We leave a mess everywhere we go. That gorilla behind me, you know, messy dude. You know, he can crack a skull, but he can also pick a petal off of a flower without damaging it. That's why I got him there. Okay. He reminds me of the range, the range, you know, the package isn't always pretty. So I'm looking for somebody that wants to come work for me that is willing and compliant and meaning, meaning, hey, Grant, I understand. I want to help you with the programs that are already booming. That will get my attention from somebody I'm hiring right away. Now, I'm not going to make the decision. I'm just going to suggest, guys, we should hire this guy because he wants to take our growth conference. And we had 30,000 people watch a stream. He thinks he can take us to 100. As opposed to a guy that's coming in saying, hey, this thing's broken and you need to start something new over here. Yeah. Yeah. Something that synergizes with your mission, your core mission, as opposed to taking you off track. Someone that can play into the core mission as opposed to trying to yeah, fix things so, that are, you know, oh, things are always going to be broke. Yeah. Because look, all right, my company's already working. So I don't need you to come in and do a new thing. I need you to come in and push on the Grant Cardone thing that's already worked, that's already got some, the vehicle's already going down the road. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Great. I love that willingness. Awesome. All right. Listen, Let's talk about this for a second. People, you know, people see a lot of your success, right? Because you, you've been tremendously successful. You've got an amazing story coming from very humble beginnings and building this. You're a self-made man. But people love to hear about struggles of people like you because they, on social media, you know, what they hear about a lot of times is, is all the wins, right? All the good. But I'd like to hone in for a minute. What's something that you failed at recently? Something that kind of stings that maybe you feel like maybe you you do, you underperform something you consider you failed at. What would that yeah, be? Yeah, that's, that, it happens all the time. Like I, we, we could do an hour just on failures, but look, I, we let 42 people go uh, when the, the coronavirus hit. I think the 20th of the month, no, maybe the 16th, I got a phone call from where this country's operated from saying, Hey, you know, heads up, just want to give you a heads up. This is about to roll out. There's going to be, you know, the country's going to go through some stages of, of shutting down. And we thought you should know. And so first thing I did was get my executive team together. Three days later, we let 42 people go. This was before there was like, before it was obvious and before the country was about buying toilet paper. And yeah, that hurts. That hurts. That's painful, right? I, I, mean, I didn't hire 42 people to, to get rid of them. I hired some of these people, 30 of the 42 we hired in January, late January and February. We weren't even here the first 
three weeks that they were hired, we were not here. My executive team was not here because we were in Vegas doing our growth conference, our annual big conference. So when I got back, I'm like, guys, we cannot train these people remotely. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, the country is going to go remote. We are not going to be able to come to our office. I got 25,000 square feet here that I own. There's a hundred. And at that time there was 157 employees here, I think 156 employees. And I'm like, we will not be able to service these people. We can't train them. We can't bring them into our culture. We can't educate them. We can't, we can't even bring onboard them. I can't acclimate. I'm taking saltwater fish and I'm putting them in a freshwater aquarium. It just, they're going to die. So I brought some people on, not expecting the world to come to an end. And I had to furlough or, you know, we paid them through the end of the month and then said, hey, we'll have to see you in about 60 days, 60 to 90 days if you're still around. Hopefully you're going to go out and do great, but I don't want to let people go, man. No, never. Particularly when the world's coming to an end. Yeah, so, that's a whole different you know, level. So anyway, that's a failure, right? Which reminds me of the, the real failure. And the real failure is that my company doesn't already have 5,000 employees. You know, I should have 5,000 employees. I've been in business 30 years. The first 20 years I spent with three employees. It was stupid. It was my upbringing, my low middle-class saving mentality, scarcity. I was basically educated into scarcity as a kid. I'll take responsibility for it because it was obvious that that all you got to do is read a few books and say, hey, scarcity doesn't work. Saving doesn't work. Investing works. And I was saving money when I should have been investing in people. Now, if you just heard the last three minutes, you're like, wait a minute, he just let go of a bunch of people, but he's talking about investing in people. That's right. I had to let go of 42 people to reserve, to protect my reserves so that I can invest in the 102 people I had. And so that I can make it through this thing so I can hire those 40 back and more. But the ultimate bigger failure is that I didn't have 5,000 people. I was talking to a guy yesterday in New York. He's like, I didn't let anybody go. I said, how many employees you got? He's like, I got 12. I said, if you had 50, you would have. You just hadn't hired enough people, pal. Anybody that hadn't let somebody go isn't big enough already. Because if if you didn't have to let anybody go, not one person, you're either in such a growth mode right now, like Amazon, you either benefited from the virus, okay, or, and you were planning it, and you knew this kind of thing was coming, and you were in the perfect place at the perfect time, or you were scaling, expecting things to be good, like a restaurant. How could a restaurant not let somebody go right? Or a car dealer. A car dealer's got 800 employees. I know a guy's 800 employees. He, he's been closed for three weeks, man. He can't keep people forever. So he was scaling out, expecting things to continue to go well, and then this thing happens. He'll have to let people go sometime in order for him to save the ship and to grow bigger. But the biggest failure in my life, Dennis, has just been not growing big enough. I should have had lots. I should be at 5,000 employees today. Yeah, thus the 10x movement, right? The whole 10x movement and the whole mentality around it, because that's really what it's about. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, as we talk about this, like 2008 was a big failure for me. I got through it, but I didn't use it. I got through 2008, just like 2020. Everybody's going to get through this. The question is, are you going to be bigger, better, and more unstoppable because of it? This time, I'll be bigger on the other side of this. 2008, I didn't benefit from it. This one, I will benefit from. Yeah. So, that brings up an interesting topic. So, what are you, you let a bunch of people go. You're- 42 people out of almost 500 go. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a chunk of people. I mean, every one of those has a family and it, that's a difficult decision for any business to make. And I get it. Yeah. So you just mentioned something, how you didn't take advantage of it in 2008. You weren't in the right position or you didn't have the right mindset or whatever the case may be. 
what are you doing different now this time around to make sure that when you, we come out of this, whether it be eight weeks, 12 weeks, 20 weeks from now, when you come out of this, that you are able to leverage this situation to benefit you know, everybody involved with your company? Yeah. So, the first thing is the mindset's completely different. It is to expand now, not protect. So, we spent one second, like literally this three weeks ago, I was letting people go on the 20, 20th of March. So, if you go back and look at the timeline, like nobody was making moves. Very few people were making moves yet. Robert Herchevac was talking about this on CNBC. He's like, the guys, the guys, experienced business people that know what's coming have already done their furloughs. Then there'll be the second wave of people that like, oh, this is real. Then there'll be the people that hang out for three or four months and try to figure this thing out and then maybe burn through all their cash and then they can't re-up, you know, And so, this is about managing activity and resources, not just money, by the way. It's energy. It's energy. I'm trying to manage our energy. I have 102 staff on a meeting call every morning in 102 different locations. And then 350 plus people in seven states managing 8,000 apartments. So, all that's, that's a lot of energy every day. Forget the money. Money is one thing, but the energy that it takes to manage all that activity. Not to mention banks and issues and, you know, the other thousand things that happen every day. So, number one, we put the fire out, meaning I got, I'm, lo- I'm taking on more water. I know more water is going to enter the boat and I got to start getting water out of the boat. So, first thing we did was that. Second thing we did was we did a complete assessment of all assets and liabilities. This doesn't mean money, by the way. It could mean money. It could include money. But the first thing I looked at is every product I had in storage. Every link, every website, every product offer. I looked at the pricing, the contract, our contracts with vendors, our contracts with customers, and then started looking, okay, these assets or these liabilities? What was an asset in February as a contract, a 36-month contract with a client? Dennis Brown, LLC, agreed to pay me 1500 bucks a month for the next 35 months. That asset had become a liability because of a coronavirus. Because now Dennis Brown, LLC, his company is in trouble, which means my accounts receivable is at risk. My asset had become a liability if not confronted. So we immediately got on the phone with those, those clients that had contracts with us and predicted correctly that they would have an issue and said, hey, let us help you out. You got 35 months left. How about you pay 17 months right now? Keep the 35 months and I'll add another 12 months. So we basically reached into the future. Every salesperson should know how to do this, by the way. If you're a commission salesperson, be responsible. And if you're a commission salesperson is paid a residual, I didn't have my accounts receivables make this phone call. I had my sales guys make this phone call. Okay. Now, other people wanted the accounts receivables people to call them. I said, dude, I don't want the account. I don't want the accounting department to call a businessman or businesswoman. This is a business opportunity. This is a sales call, not an accounts receivable call. So I was basically calling this client saying, hey, look, this is going to be ugly. I know it's going to be ugly. I made some of these calls myself. Okay. You're paying us 30 grand a month for the next three years. That's a million dollars. Pay me 500 grand now. You keep the three years and I'll add a year and I'll support you through this bullshit we're going through. What I love about that is that you took the initiative. Number one, you brought it to them, right? So you then became the person who's coming to them with the idea, with the value, taking initiative. And there's never been a client that doesn't appreciate a vendor or someone that they work with that does that. Number two, you took that liability, exactly what you said, and you now turned it into a cash positive asset 
even though you took a discount, the cash is worth more now potentially for you to weather that storm or what might happen over the next six to 12 months than just the situation where, you know, he may default anyway. So I love that. Yeah. And it's not really even an accounting decision. It, it, It really is about putting stability in place for my organization and showing my sales team, hey guys, there's people still out there doing business. You know, when we go through crises like this, what you want to think is that everybody's done. You know, the, the media, the media is, they, they go crisis so hard because when they do, they get viewer, they get their viewership goes up. When they go crisis that hard, everybody starts thinking, oh shit, the whole world is going to implode on itself and nobody's going to do business. I went to a restaurant this morning and picked up $50 worth of food to take to my house and eat breakfast. So, and I went there to give them 50 bucks to remind them, hey, I'm still want to buy from your restaurant. And so, yeah, I got to go in with a mask. I can't sit down. So what? I'll grab the food, put it in my car and go down the street. Now, why do I do that? I do that to remind people I'm not firing everyone. When people don't spend money, they're firing people. Not spending is a form of non-employing. Every person on the planet, there's 7 billion employers on this planet. When you spend money, you're employing someone. So uh, this is also a sales tactic, which is predict the customer's objection before they have them. I don't need to wait for somebody to ask me a price. I know they're going to want a price. I don't need for somebody to say, hey, you're bothering me at the wrong time. I know it's Sunday, right? So I need to predict that it might not be the right time, that they might not have the money, that the budget might be an issue, that things are uncertain. I need to predict that handle that objection, and then move on my sales call. No, I love that. So let me ask you this, pivot into this same sort of conversation, but as it relates to marketing, what are you doing different from a marketing perspective? Or what are your thoughts about marketing as we come out of this? Because I mean, there are people that are obviously trying to capitalize, you know, in the wrong way on this trend in the pandemic. And then you have people that can capitalize it on the right way. What do you think is the right way to capitalize on marketing as we start to navigate our way out of this? What are you guys doing? Well, first thing we did, again, we, we, we looked at all, all of our products. I looked at products that I have, like I have a product called the Millionaire Booklet. We had a funnel on the Millionaire Booklet. I don't have one here, but it was a funnel designed to create traffic. Well, the Millionaire Booklet is probably not going to, it's going to still continue to work, but it's not going to do what it's meant to do because people aren't thinking about being a millionaire right now. They're not thinking about a Lambo. You know, they're not thinking about Rolls Royces and all the bullshit they were buying and the Richard Meal. They're thinking about survival now. So you got to start looking at your assets. It was an asset yesterday. It was driving traffic to our website yesterday. Boom, this thing happens. Immediately, the country shifts from millionaires to mask. Okay. There it is. So, you know, I'm watching all the mask activity. I'm like, I got people calling me saying, Grant, I sold 5 million masks yesterday. If you need some, I can get them for you. I'm like, I can't, I can't take, I'm not, I love money. I love being successful. I like watching it come in. I can't, if I buy 5 million masks, I'm going to give them away. I said, now if you can get me 5 million masks with my brand on it, that's different. So now why am I doing this? I'm not making any money on it. Like I think they cost us $8. We sell them for 10 by the time I, ship it out, everything. It's a loser. But it is keeping the brand in front of people and it drives people to my website. So I'm not trying to take advantage of COVID. Is it COVID-19 or whatever? Yeah. What I'm trying to do is get, keep, keep the attention from this crisis or this thing or whatever that thing is. I'm trying to at least drive traffic to say, hey, we're still in business here and we're still relevant and it's still important. I also shifted very quickly. I'm writing a book, Starting Over. We've done two webinars on Starting Over. 
I'll do a webinar Friday afternoon. This is after you get your, your audience will see the, uh, before your audience will see this, but, or I'll do that before this gets released. But we had 50,000, almost 51,000 people register for how to start over. It was a free webinar to the public. 16,000 people showed up and I showed them what I'm doing over two hours rather than over 25 minutes. I love that. That's perfect. And listen, we can, if there's a replay of that, we can put that link in the show notes because I think people would love to see that. So if there is an opportunity, maybe we could add that later Yeah, um, because it's very relevant, obviously. All right. So let me ask you this, you know, you've got some pretty amazing superpowers, right? As a business guy, as an entrepreneur, you've developed some strong skill sets. What's a business superpower you wish you had? Something maybe you see other people that have the something that you really wish you had. Yeah, man. I, I wish I had the foresight, like, and, I, and I've never been asked this question, so it's an awesome question. I've never, you know, I want to be more like these guys that think so big. You know, I worry about months and too much. Again, the scarcity mentality probably still has a chunk of my attention that something bad's going to happen financially. I still measure things financially too much. Where I see a guy like Elon Musk, you know, the courage and, and the think, I don't know if it's courage or if he's crazy or like, it, it almost doesn't, it looks like it doesn't matter to him whether he makes money or not. And he still does. So that kind of think is just that long, we're going to go to Mars. I don't even know what's there. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't even know if it'll work. Let's do it. I wish I had that. You know, and it's really funny because it's all about perspective, because I think to the audience, you have that because you think so big it's all relative, right? It's somewhat relative to whoever you well, are. I know, but like, like I spend $7 million to put on our annual event. And, you know, to me, that's a big deal. It's like a 7 million, no, nobody spends $7 million on a, a business conference to run it, to put it together, lights, you know, talent, uh, entertainment. It, it's a phenomenal event, right? I'm very proud of it. But that guy will spend $7 million in seven seconds, yeah. Like I said, it's all relative. I mean, you bought the jet, right? Perfect example. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you that's, bought true. The jet. that's a perfect example. You think pretty big, right? I mean, and so, so what that means is that that means something different for everybody. If you're a startup, thinking big is different than when you're an established business doing a hundred million. Yeah, but one, you're the so. one that asked me, hey, dude, who, 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 what superpower would you, would you like? I that? love it. No, I love, I think it's a great, I think it's a great superpower. And the reason why I think it's great is because it never ends. Yeah, that thought right. process never ends, no matter how successful you are. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want it to end, right? They, you, you know, the belief is you're going to get to this place right here and you're not going to have to do something. It, it, that, that's the illusion of the, of the thing. You know, the, the old saying about it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. I agree and disagree with that statement. It is very, very important that you get to a destination, but, but it is a journey because once you get to the destination, you're going to be like, okay, what's next? My friend, Tim Grover told me, he's like, Grant, because I, I, I did a thing with him. It was very, very successful. And as soon as it was over, he's like, that is the best thing, I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what's next? And he's like, because he trained Kobe. And he's like, you know what? That's exactly what Kobe Bryant would have said. I got my ring, what's next? He's like, when the rest of the team was out celebrating and getting there, you know, you know doing how, however the NBA celebrates, which I imagine is crazy. Kobe was like, what's next? What do I do next? Yeah, he was back. He was back in the gym practicing. Yeah, he, exactly. he didn't revel on his success too long. He's always focused going forward. So love it. Well, listen, Grant, I really appreciate being here today. Is there anything else you want to add advice guys, to the audience? Or? Yeah, you guys that are running business to business sales departments and or if you are a salesperson running a B2B, 
you are the heartbeat of this country. And this guy that's in office, this Donald Trump guy, he is going to unleash so much money on the U.S. economy. We, have, we will never see this much money dropped on this planet, like in one country, in this short a period of time. I don't know what that means long term for the country, but I do know this. Take advantage of it. Don't miss, don't miss a great crisis. We got one. It's a huge crisis, okay? But we will come out of this. You will come out of this. The question you need to ask yourself, throw it up on your mirror. DM me something on Instagram that you did it. Okay, I'm going to get through this. The question is, will I be bigger, better, and more unstoppable? That's what's on my mirror at my, my house. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be bigger. I'm going to be better. And I'm going to be unstoppable on the other side of this. Because this kind of crisis, this is what makes legends. And it is a chance to either squash you into the ground or to make you into the person that, that you, you always wanted to be. By the way, you could never get to the person you really want to be without something like this. This is what makes greatness. And the, the B2B person, company, don't underestimate the value that you play in this equation to make America greater than it, than it ever has been. Great advice. I really appreciate it, Grant. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, maybe one of your products or upcoming events, yeah. and then we'll wrap it up for today. Cardoneu.com is, if you, if you like my sales content on everything from greeting a customer to cold calling, to follow-up, to handling objections, to predicting objections, to SBA loans, to how to tap into $10 trillion of government stimulus money, to how to start a company, follow up on a customer. Anything and everything you want to know about sales is in there. I think it's as low as, it's under 100 bucks a month. That's a product that, that we sold pre-corona for 1400 bucks a month to companies. And, and your audience can get it for under 100 bucks right now. So, Love it. Carter. I'll definitely put the, I'll put the link in the show notes. Hey, I really appreciate you being here. You're the uh, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Grant. Have an awesome day, my friend. We'll talk soon. And I'm looking for a name for my buddy behind me. So if your audience can come up with a good name. Yeah, hit uh, him up on Instagram. If you guys all follow him probably on Instagram, hit him up for a name on Instagram. That'd be great. I'd love to hear it. Make sure you tag Grant Cardone. And if you guys want to tag me, that'd be great too. Ask Dennis Brown. Hey, listen, Thanks, Grant. Appreciate, appreciate it, you. my friend. Appreciate you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.